Welcome to the VV Nation podcast, the podcast all about encouraging an active nation. It's Chris here, and as usual, I'm joined by my fellow co-host and brother Nick. How are you, bro? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Chris. How are you? I am sweltering in the heat, but yeah, all good, all good. Um, we're we're just off the back of a running challenge, aren't we? Aren't we, Nicholas? So uh, obviously yeah. glad that that's over in this heat. But yeah, the final few days have been have been quite tough. So I'm having a bit of a breather for the next couple of days. How are the legs for yeah, you? Yeah, I can. Yeah, very similar to be honest. It's just not easy to motivate myself to do anything when it's like this. But on the other hand, I think we've got storms coming for the rest of the week. So if we're going to do any running, now's the time to do it. That is true. Make the most of the hot weather, as we say. But today's episode, we're not going to be talking about running. We're going to be talking about cycling. And in particular, um, something that we've spoken about quite a lot, Nick, haven't we? Maybe more off air, but bike packing. Um, So you recently did, well, out of the both of us, you recently did our first ever bike packing trip. Um, You went to the Isle of Wight and... What we're going to talk about today is basically what actually is bikepacking, um, how to do it, essentially, and just your experiences. So, Nick, why don't you start us off by just explaining to everyone listening, what, what is bikepacking? What do we mean by that? Well, I think there are lots of different variations of it, but this, the basic principle is the idea of uh, going somewhere by bike, uh, carrying the equipment that you need to camp, uh, and staying overnight for a, a minimum of one night. Um, and as kind of building the staying overnight, the camping part of the process into the actual journey as well. Um, and it's something that I think has become increasingly popular. It's been on our radar for a while now, hasn't it, Chris? Um, yeah, well, the, uh, the lockdown, it. yeah, and like the, the notion of this staycation uh, you know, vibe, which is, well, everyone's getting involved in it seemingly at the moment. That's, that's kind of where our angle came into it, didn't, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and when I was researching this, it's clear that this can be done in a lot of different ways. I think in its in its purest form, it's actually designed to be something that's done on uh, off-road bikes. Um, and the idea there being that you will naturally access some quite wild and, and remote regions, potentially. There is also an element of wild camping. And it, I think it's important to say before we go any further, that wild camping is only legal in a few places in the UK, but you can wild camp with the permission of landowners. Um, and But within that, there are also lots of people who do it in a very different way. So I actually used a road bike. We, we stuck completely to roads. Uh, we actually paid for our campsite. So there may well be some bike packers out there who say that that's not uh, the true essence of bike packing but that's how I did it and it was a much more comfortable experience for me personally doing it that way um, but a great experience to be honest. It, I mean it sounds amazing I, I was truly jealous that I couldn't join you so I, I guess the, the the natural question I, I think people would be thinking and certainly myself would be the great outdoors sounds brilliant and adventure sounds brilliant uh, staying in the UK sounds brilliant bit of active travel brilliant but how do you actually get started and, and where do you get started in terms of um, the route and like the, the gear that you need? I mean, I think there's, again, enormous versatility there. Um, we had an idea that we wanted to do the Isle of Wight and Isle of Wight has a natural lap of the island, which lends itself really nicely to one or two days of cycling. It's, it's a 70 mile one day ride, quite a tough one day ride. Um, but I think the way that I think 
is best to plan bikepacking is, is bike the camp spot. So you kind of essentially plan a two-legged journey if you're going to do it over two days and you plot out where you want to end that first day and essentially build your route around that. And a lot of, the, you know, I think the most popular form of bikepacking when I was researching this is this idea of like a 24-hour bikepacking experience. So a lot of people do it in a weekend or, you know, particularly people who are time poor, don't have a, a lot of time to go away for longer trips, try and do it in a 24-hour period. So they get a train somewhere, cycle to the campsite, day two cycle back train back home or you can even do it from your house to be honest so it's just literally you know it, it's quite liberating it's a question of just getting a map out looking at the map picking a campsite or a spot if you are going to wild camp and you have permission somewhere that you can find that's suitable and just getting out on the road and, and i think that's actually a really really nice way to spend two days yeah i think that is the you, you've nailed that there that is the number one thing from my point of view that really attracts me to the idea of bikepacking that it's so versatile so flexible and as you said the majority of the bikepacking routes that we looked at anyway uh, were 24 hours which as a new parent um obviously you're a parent as well that is perfect for us and i think one of the things we've suffered with before particularly when trying to plan our longer cycle tours abroad it's just time it like if you're going to get anywhere you know i don't want to say decent because obviously there's lots of places you can go more local but if you're going to get anywhere um a bit further abroad it, it does take a long time to cycle there and um, so you're looking at yeah. four or five days minimum for a cycle tour abroad really whereas the 24-hour vibe is is really appealing to me yeah and i think the, the whole emphasis is finding areas in your own locality that maybe you know are not far away from where you live and you've never considered going there before but actually are perfect for this and i think that philosophy is fantastic and in, in terms of the preparation I think the, the best thing i read before i went was you know the best bike for bike packing is the one that you've already got and it's like all of the, you know it's like anything there there is an enormous amount of kit that you could buy in order to uh, bike pack really comfortably so as I, as I mentioned before a lot of bike packers do it off-road so you could get yourself a really good off-road bike all the equipment that you take so you need to take your tent you could take uh, like camp cooking gear we didn't we just ate a dinner in a pub for, for me that again that was a lot more relaxing but you kind of can cobble together I think enough gear to do it certainly the first time with what you've already got and i would encourage people to do that because i think then it becomes a much less expensive and more accessible thing to do as well yeah de definitely i think i think you're spot on there um the idea of a pub sounds much more appealing i think than trying to cook yourself but uh, obviously that you then have to take less stuff you know in terms of the actual cooking kit as well but if we then if we move on then to the Isle of Wight, um, we've obviously cycled the Isle of Wight a few times. Um, we're both from the south, so anyone who hasn't cycled the Isle of Isle of Wight, if you just set the set the scene a little bit, Nick, on what it's like to cycle. Hilly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the what the Isle of Wight has got is it's got a year-round cycle route that is permanently signposted on the island. You can do it either clockwise or anti-clockwise. So there's a little bit of uh, repeatability there you can go back and do it in reverse um, it's a great route it essentially kind of gives you the highlights of the island but often on quite quiet country roads and keeps you off of the more busy tourist roads um, and it is very hilly you know it's over 4,000 feet of climbing in 70 miles it's it's constantly up and down there are very few stretches where you can really 
kind of get your head down and bash out 10, 15 miles very quickly. But it is stunning and it features quite regularly in lists of the best places to cycle in the UK and in Europe. You know, it's that highly regarded. So it's an amazing place to cycle. And I think, you know, we, obviously we haven't been abroad for a long time, have we, Chris? But the fact that you get a ferry there actually made it feel like you were on, we were on holiday, which is quite nice as well. Yeah, and I suppose the, the cliffs and the beaches also paint that, that picture of feeling abroad. Um, but you, you're totally right. It's, it's seriously picturesque, um, but very hard cycling. That is worth pointing out, definitely. But before yeah. we go into your experience, how far does it, does it have to be to count as bikepacking? Can you literally cycle like 20 miles to a campsite or does it need to be that sort of longer day in the saddle? I think it can vary depending on your ability. So when I was researching, the numbers that came up were sort of between 25 and 75 miles per day, depending on your previous experience. And the thing you have to remember is you're loading. So I was riding a road bike, which isn't particularly designed to carry panniers, but I had panniers that fitted for it. But obviously that means that it's heavier. So you are working a lot harder. You lose a lot of speed. The bike is slightly unbalanced. It's a very different experience when you're riding with panniers. And I know that we've spoken about this before, Chris, because we've done it obviously in Europe. But these will be even heavier because you've got a tent, you've got a sleeping bag, you've got um, a, you know, ground mats in there as well. So 25 miles to 75 miles is what I suggest. But to be honest, I, actually, I don't think there has to be a minimum. I think the idea is to, to get yourself to somewhere where you have that experience of a little bit of wilderness get in touch with nature, just get away from, you know, modern life. And that, I think there's a real kind of holistic sort of aspect of this as well, which is what bikepackers seem to take very seriously, which is this idea of kind of disconnecting from the modern world and using bikepacking as a vehicle to get themselves into a really nice place where they can switch off as well, which I completely kind of got, even though we weren't doing it probably to the extent of wilderness that some would. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing I wanted to, to pick up on as well, because I think the idea and the notion of bikepacking really does play to every ability and every uh, experience level of cycling, I think. So one of the things I think um, something like a cycle tour would put people off about is uh, the perception of sort of Lycra and, you know, you've got to have a really nice road bike or touring bike, sorry. Um, so the, the, this idea of bikepacking that, you know, you can be as flexible and do literally whatever you want on basically any bike that you want. It, it, it opens it up, doesn't it? And it's not just about you being your keen road cycler dressed to, to the hill in, in light grey. It's, um, it's just a, a new variety of cycling. Yeah, and I think what it does is it makes the cycling more leisurely uh, as well, because obviously you're splitting yeah. that distance. So we split that distance into two days takes all the pressure away from you know having to kind of push hard to make sure you do it in a reasonable time and you can really kind of relax and enjoy the cycling you know and a lot of people are doing it off-road so they're doing it on trails so I, look, I read about a lot of people doing it on the south downs uh, route um, there were routes on the Isle of Wight that were actually across Tennyson Down for example that were cyclable by the right kind of bike so you know that's quite tough cycling so you're not going to be going, you're not going to be going quickly and I certainly don't think it's about speed. Um, it is about the journey. It's about the experience. The it's about yeah. finding those, yeah, totally, those lesser travelled roads. Yeah, okay. So day one, you get the ferry from Portsmouth to the Isle of Wight. What next? 
So we decided to go clockwise. Um, previously, when I've done the Isle of Wight, we've kind of really looked at the wind direction because there are stretches that are quite exposed. Um, but we weren't that fussed about it this time because we knew that we weren't going to be going hard. So we go clockwise and we set out to go just over half the distance on the first day. So we wanted to do about 40 miles just to kind of break the back of it. Um, and it was due to be really hot on the second day. So, yeah, literally, leisurely ride. Took a little while to get used to the weight. I was also cycling with a backpack as well. So when you Google bike packing, you'll see people with all kinds of setups on their bikes, rear panniers, panniers on the front, backpacks. It, really, there is a lot of different ways that you can carry the kit. But for me, my panniers were not quite big enough on their own to carry everything I needed. So I had to sling a backpack on as well. And that, yeah, not that comfortable. I would prefer not to have to do that. So just kind of went along at a, a steady pace. Um, we were kind of 50-50 about wild camping or not. And I think for me, that is the one aspect that I, I'm not as sure on as perhaps I think some people would be. Just because I think it adds an element of stress. Because if you don't know the area that you're going to, you need to improvise with wild camping quite a lot. And I, I think it takes a little bit of bravery that maybe I haven't got to do that. So that's the one part that I, I'd kind of like to read a bit more about and understand a little bit better. But for us, we hit a campsite that was quite, um, quite well set up and, and that was the perfect way to end the day. So about 40 miles, got down to the south of the island, um, set up camp and just had a lovely evening relaxing and just shaking out the legs before the second day. So what did you do with your bike when you were in the tent? We took some very basic sort of cafe lock style security, um, locked them together. But to be honest, I think because we were literally camping with the bikes just next to us, we kind of just trusted that it would be all right. I think if you're wild camping and you're remote, you, you can be fairly confident that you'll be okay. I think campsites to some extent could be a little bit more risky because there's more people there, obviously. Um, but we were quite, everything that we packed, it was very much the emphasis was on weight and bike locks are, are very, yeah. very heavy, aren't they? So we were potentially cutting some corners there. Um, but it's like anything. I think once you've done it once, you quickly realize areas where you can economize and also areas where you might want to invest in something a little bit better for the next time. Yeah. So day two, um, are you wearing the same cycle kit? Like what, what did you take in terms of gear? Is it just the same thing the whole way through or did you actually take I went, changes of clothes? I went same gear, mate. And yeah. it wasn't nice. <laughs> I was seriously sweaty. I mean, I've done that a few times again, on cycle tours abroad. Yeah. And yeah it's, it's, it's not pleasant. <laughs> Aside from the wild camping, I decided to fully embrace the experience and just go as minimalist as possible. And we'd both, myself and my friend, had both agreed that that was the right way to go. And to be honest, like the bags I had were absolutely filled full to the brim. So it was genuinely a case of just take the absolute minimum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, same gear, dried it overnight, same gear, and then hit the road again fairly early doors and. You know, the other way, it is a nutritional kind of ride. I know that you've done sections of it before, Chris, but, you know, you, you'll remember it's it's quite tough, isn't it? It's hard work. Yeah, well, it's never really flat, is it? So um, even the downhill bits, you then know that there's going to be a, a rolling hill at the end of it. So you're constantly yeah. out of rhythm. Um, but I, what I would say is um, not only is it picturesque, but it's nice and quiet. The roads are all pretty decent. So if you can handle the hills then 
in my view, it's one of the best places I've ever cycled, I have to say. Yeah, and interestingly, my friend was riding on a, on a hybrid bike, which had a much greater range of gears. And obviously, for many backpackers who are on off-road bikes, they've got that really wide range of gears. They're not looking to you know, economise and, and go for speed. And I, I think my bike actually probably wasn't particularly well set up for that. Yeah. So I was proper pounding up the hills. It was hard work, you know, really low cadence. Um, he was a lot more comfortable. So, you know, like everything, equipment, can improve the experience um, and in an ideal world I would have liked to have had a bike that was a little bit more suitable for the terrain and for the for the weight of the kit as well yeah yeah definitely so day two what happened then so obviously with the with the Isle of Wight you're working back to the ferry so 30 miles beautiful you know the the west part of the island which is the needles um Allen Bay, Freshwater Bay, absolutely stunning. Quite hard work. You know, it's very, very hilly. Um, and well, once you're over that, you get around to the north and then it's a nice sort of cycle through country lanes back to the, the ferry. Um, and, and, you know, we'd given ourselves plenty of time. So you're obviously starting very early when you're camping. So there was no real pressure. So plenty of stops, plenty of, you know, touristy bits which we stopped off to have a look at and, and genuinely like a different way of doing it when i've done the other white in the past and you know you'll remember this chris we were pounding around it and we were really kind of racing it a little bit and probably didn't appreciate some of the beautiful bits as much as we could have done if we'd had more time would you agree with that i would agree with that yeah that's another thing that i quite like about the, the idea of bike packing is that you do sound well it sounds like you kind of have a bit more time to enjoy it a little bit more um not that i haven't enjoyed those cycles before but certainly particularly in a bigger group as well um you know the the pace is often pushed a little bit further as you're covering sort of much bigger one day distances yeah and i think if you are wild camping and you don't have a fixed destination as well you do that's you know i was referring to earlier you have huge flexibility about what the two days look like so you can genuinely stop when you feel like you want to or when you find a really good spot so we didn't have that because we we knew where we wanted to finish and i think if i was to be brave enough to try the wild camping component of bikepacking again that adds even more flexibility even more freedom in that you can just basically cycle 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 till you think right i've had enough and then you find a spot Mm. um how, so yeah, how, how does it compare it, nick in your view uh to something a bit more structured like a cycle tour it's different chris because you you kind of the camping aspect is as much a part of it as the cycling aspect with bikepacking um with the cycle tours that we've done in europe where you're in hotels you know you know that you're heading to a nice hotel and that allows you to really prioritize the cycling and focus on the cycling whereas Obviously, bikepacking, you're going to spend a lot of your time in a camp, in a tent. So it, it feels like almost two things, like you're cycling and camping. So it's definitely very different. And camping, you know, it's not for everybody, but I haven't done it for, I actually haven't done it for a very long time. I don't know about you, but I had to dust off the tent. Yeah, it's, been, um, it's been years. And it's, it's lovely. You know, it's absolutely lovely. If you're in a really good spot, nice and quiet, um, 
I've forgotten how much I enjoyed it, to be honest. And, and I think it's take only going to be more popular. Yeah, I did. And I didn't need it, to be honest. My tent was literally like a sweat lodge. It was disgusting. Um, <laughs> and my sleeping bag was also far too big. It was a four-season sleeping bag. It took up an entire side of my pannier uh, bags. And it's just totally unnecessary. I woke up and I think I'd lost about a stone uh, in sweat. But... But that's what you learn, don't you? You kind of learn, actually, I could have cut down a little bit here. But the camping is definitely, and a lot of the bikepacking websites that I've been on, the spots that people found to camp, absolutely beautiful because they're by their very nature. They're very rural. They're very isolated in lovely locations. We didn't get that. That's the bit that we didn't get on this trip. But maybe in a future one, I would. Yeah. And, well, you mentioned it there, but obviously bikepacking.com is the seemingly official website for uh route inspiration well all sorts of stuff really what gear you should take um what it actually is what it involves when you should go uh it's got some routes on there some ideas as well uh a few in the uk but also some abroad as well um but yep. I, I guess how, how would you summarize the experience nick and what, what would you say to anyone who, who says like that sounds interesting but not sure if it's for them just give it give it a go convert what you've got um, and adapt what you own already and give it a go and, and to summarize it I just think it, it, it's a it's a new way of kind of utilizing the bike isn't it and I think especially if you are a busy person whether that is through work or through family I think this is something that I can see in the future me definitely doing I think you would love to do it as well because it doesn't take an enormous amount of time out of your schedule and yet you feel like you've done something really quite quite different does that make sense um yeah it does and i think especially with holidays looking very difficult at the moment from my point of view it is a chance to sort of get away and do something as you said a bit different a bit quirky but also active um so i yeah. i definitely want us to well now you've done one i definitely want us to go and look at some other potential routes that we could do around the uk yeah totally and it, it although it was only two days it was a relatively short amount of time it definitely felt longer because you know, you're really working quite hard when you're on the bike. So it felt like a proper break. And I think actually, you know, right now, that's that's definitely what a lot of people, I think, probably need. So, yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. Sounds good. Well, let's let's book one up and uh, we'll report back in future episodes when, when we do more. But I guess um, I, I just wanted to wrap, actually, with, with, a th- with a thank you, I guess, to anyone who's listened to our to our podcast so far. Obviously, we're not many episodes into season two now since uh, you came on board, Nick. But uh, also wanted to say we've got some really exciting stuff coming up, haven't we? So we've got a few guests that we're really excited by. We've also got some new Q&A inspirational VV stories coming up on the website. So in terms of inspiring an active nation, I think um, we've, we've got some really exciting things planned. Um, now, Nick, you've got an interview in the next one. Um, do you want to quickly give it a, uh, an intro? Yeah, absolutely. So something that we're both quite interested in is is how we can prepare better for activities, whether it be running or cycling. So we're going to be talking to a personal trainer. Um, his name is Matt Williams. He is uh, someone who has, at times, he's done some quite extreme body transformations. He's someone who is very, very knowledgeable and interested in the importance of nutrition in terms of being both healthy, but also in terms of powering athletes as well. So 
we are going to come at it from the angle of two people who probably this isn't the best aspect of our of our kind of preparation uh, i definitely would like to know more about it myself and and talk to him about really simple ways that people can prepare themselves better for running and cycling through diet and through also through core work as well and things like that so yeah i'm really interested to hear what matt says um, and to then apply that in the next few months yeah definitely i think i will i will certainly learn something myself but um yeah so i guess uh thanks for listening everyone and uh stay tuned for future episodes cheers nick cheers chris you've been listening to the vv nation podcast thank you so much for tuning in if you like what you heard don't forget to rate it share it and subscribe and please stay fit and active and you can follow us on our social channels on twitter at VV Nation Fit, Facebook at VV Nation and Instagram at VV underscore Nation. Also check out our website, vvnation.co.uk for all of our podcast episodes and don't be afraid to send us a message and get in touch. Thank you.